Sunday blessings to you all. This is the Lord's Day, the day of resurrection that commences a new week and offers a new opportunity to be drawn by grace more deeply into the paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the great Western Fathers of the Church. Known as the Doctor of Grace, St. Augustine has left us powerfully insightful works, such as On the Trinity and The Confessions, to name only two. He also penned hundreds of homilies And this week we listen to an excerpt of homily 93, an excerpt wherein St. Augustine reflects on Jesus' parable, highlighting the maidens awaiting the arrival of the bridegroom. So, dearly beloved, let us take this parable as referring to all of us, that is, to the whole church not only to its officers, whom we are talking about yesterday, nor only to the people, but absolutely to all of us. So why two lots of five virgins? These five and five virgins are, without exception, Christian souls. But to give you my personal opinion, which I have formed under God's inspiration, not any sort of Christians, but only those souls that have the Catholic faith and seem to have good works to their credit in the Church of God. And yet of these, five are wise and five foolish. So let's see why there are said to be five of each sort and why they are called virgins. And afterward, we can look at the rest of the parable. The reason that every soul in a body is indicated by the number five is that it uses five senses. I mean, there's nothing we perceive through our bodies that doesn't come through this gate of five posterns, either by seeing, or hearing, or smelling, or tasting, or touching. So those who refrain from unlawful seeing, unlawful hearing, unlawful smelling, unlawful tasting, unlawful touching, receive on account of such unsullied purity the name of virgins. But if it is good to refrain from unlawful sense activity, 
and that is why every Christian soul is given the name of virgin, why are five admitted and five turned away? They are virgins and they are turned away. Not merely are they virgins, they also have lamps. Virgins, because they refrain from unlawful sensations, having lamps because of their good works. Good works about which the Lord says, So let your good works shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Again, he tells the disciples, Let your loins be girded and your lamps burning. Girded loins equal virginity. Lamps burning equal good works. One doesn't, of course, normally talk about virginity between married couples, and yet even here faithfulness can be called a kind of virginity, displaying as it does a conjugal chastity. In fact, I can show your holinesses that everyone, man or woman, is not improperly called a virgin with respect to the soul and with respect to that untarnished fidelity by which one both refrains from unlawful things and practices good works. The whole church, which consists of virgin girls and boys and of married women and married men, is called a virgin in the singular. How can I prove this? Listen to the apostle speaking, not only to nuns, but to the entire church. I have betrothed you to one man, to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. And because we have to be aware of the spoiler of this virginity, the devil, after saying, I have betrothed you to one man, to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, the apostle himself immediately goes on. But I am afraid that as the serpent seduced Eve by his cunning, so your senses too may be corrupted from the chastity which is Christ. Few people have virginity of the body. Everyone ought to have virginity of the heart. So, if it is good to refrain from unlawful things, which is what virginity here means, and if good works, signified by lamps, are praiseworthy, why are five admitted and five turned away? If she is a virgin and carries a lamp, and for all that is not admitted, where are we to find the person who neither preserves a virgin abstinence from unlawful things, nor wishes to have good works, and so walks in darkness? So let these things, my brothers and sisters, let these things, rather, be the matter for our discussion. Any who do not wish to see any evil, do not wish to hear any evil, who avert their noses from unlawful odors of sacrifice, avert their taste buds from unlawful sacrificial meats, flee from the embrace of other people's spouses, 
who break their bread to the hungry, give strangers home, clothe the naked, reconcile the quarrelsome, visit the sick, bury the dead. There you have virgins. There you have people with lamps. What more do you want? There is still something I want. What do you still want, he says. Yes, there is still something I want. The Holy Gospel has put me on the alert. Even with these virgins and lamp carriers, he called some wise, others foolish. How do we tell which is which? How do we tell the difference? By the oil. The oil stands for something tremendous, something tremendously important. Don't you think it's charity? I'm asking it as a question, not rushing through a decision. I will tell you why I think it's charity that is signified by the oil. The Apostle says, I now show you yet a more excellent way. What is the more excellent way? He shows them. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have charity, I have become booming bronze or clashing cymbals. That is the more excellent way, namely charity, which is deservedly signified by oil. Oil, after all, excels all other fluids. Pour it in water, pour it on top, the oil excels by staying on top. Pour in oil, pour water on top, the oil excels by coming to the top. If you keep the right order, it wins. If you reverse the order, it wins. Charity never falls away. So what then, brothers and sisters? So how can we discuss the difference between the five wise virgins and the five foolish ones? They wanted to go and meet the bridegroom. What does going to the bridegroom mean? To go in spirit, to look forward to his coming. But he was late. While he is taking his time, they all went to sleep. All? Yes, both wise and foolish. They all felt sleepy and went to sleep. Are we to suppose this a good sleep? What is this sleep? Possibly, while the bridegroom is taking his time, iniquity abounds and the charity of many grows cold. Is that how we are to understand this sleep? I don't agree with that, and I'll tell you why. Because the wise ones are included. And when the Lord said, Because iniquity has abounded, the charity of many grows cold, he went on to add, But whoever perseveres to the end, that person shall be saved. 
Where do you want to place these wise ones? Surely among those who persevere to the end. For no other reason, brothers and sisters, for no other reason at all would they be allowed in unless they had persevered to the end. So the chilling of charity hasn't crept over them. Charity has not grown cold in them, but it remains piping hot to the end. It's because it remains piping hot to the end that the bridegroom's doors are open wide. It is for that reason that they are told to enter, like the other excellent servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So what's the meaning of they all went to sleep? There's another sort of sleep which no one can avoid. Don't you remember the apostle saying, but about those who have fallen asleep, I would not have you ignorant brothers? Meaning, about those who have died? Why should they be said to be sleeping? Surely because, in their own time, they are to be raised up. So they all went to sleep. You don't imagine, do you, that just because they are wise, they don't have to die? Be the virgins foolish, or be they wise? They all undergo the sleep of death. Now, people sometimes say to themselves, look, the day of judgment is coming any minute now. So many evil things are happening, such terrible tribulations more and more frequent. The day of judgment is already at hand. Those who say this and say it in faith are, so to say, going to meet the bridegroom with such thoughts. But here we are, War after war, oppression upon oppression, earthquake upon earthquake, famine after famine, nation against nation, and still the bridegroom hasn't come. So while his coming is hourly expected, they all fall asleep. Those who say, look, he's coming, and the day of judgment is upon us. As he says it, he falls asleep. So he should look to his sleep and persevere in charity right up to his sleep. May that sleep find him waiting. Suppose, after all, he has gone to sleep. Will he that sleeps not go on to rise again? So they all went to sleep, both the wise and the foolish among them. They all went to sleep. Behold, at midnight there came a shout. What's the meaning of midnight? When he's not expected, when people have given up believing altogether. He meant night to stand for ignorance. It's as though you worked it out something like this. Here you are, from Adam so many years have passed, and here you have 6,000 years being completed, 
and straight away after that, according to the reckoning of some commentators, will come the day of judgment. And the years pass and go beyond the calculations, and still the bridegroom's coming is delayed, and the virgins who had gone to meet him go to sleep. And lo and behold, while he's not expecting, while people are saying, six thousand years, they were waiting for him, and look, they've been and gone. How do we know any longer when he's going to come? He will come in the middle of the night. What does it mean that he will come in the middle of the night? He will come while you are not aware of it. Why will he come when you are not aware of it? Listen to the Lord himself. It is not for you to know the times which the Father has placed under his own authority. For as to the day of the Lord, says the Apostle, like a thief in the night, that is how it will come. So keep awake at night in order not to endure a thief. For the sleep of death, willy-nilly, it will come. St. Augustine of Hippo, pray for us. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, graciously keep from us all adversity, so that, unhindered in mind and body alike, we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.